<clears throat> May we have your own attention? This is Suzanne. And this is Leanne. And we are two friends and fellow life coaches who live with inattentive type ADHD. This podcast is a place to put our conversations about our lives, our work, and our relationships. These episodes will definitely have squirrel moments and conversational rabbit holes. So inattention is guaranteed. Okay, Leanne, let's try to stay on point. (laughs) Good luck with that. Let's go. Squirrels out. I think with, you know, with money stuff, so many of the like beliefs and emotional stuff we have tied to it, like it does start in our family systems mm-hmm. and what we saw, you know, surrounding money growing up. So maybe do we want to start there? Like we can yeah, talk about like I, what money was when we were kids. Yeah. I think like if we kind of, cause that's what I was going to ask you. Like, I know for me, like I started out at a very young age, like and just like that's influenced my whole mindset around money. Mm-hmm. And so I think like going like just in order of our experiences would be good. Okay. Um, do you want to start or you want, I can start with that. It doesn't matter to me. I'm so, good with either one. Growing up, we were, we had a, a pretty big family. Like I was the oldest of five kids and um, growing up around money, I always saw like my mom was a stay at home mom we were pretty poor. I didn't realize how really tight money was. Cause when you're a kid, I don't think you'd notice unless you're, you know, your family's actually homeless or something. I don't, I think it takes a while for you to really put together like what your family's money situation is, <laughs> but mm-hmm. we were like strapped pretty tight. And so my, the dad, I grew up with my adoptive dad, he worked Um, he gave my mom basically like, you know, we had, it was a budget, but it kind of felt in retrospect, looking back, I feel like she got an, like an allowance Mm -hmm. and it was like, here's how much money you get for the month, like for groceries. And I remember as a kid, like going to the grocery store with my mom and she had, it wasn't even a calculator. It was one of those mechanical clickers where you can click like the ones, the tens, the like the Mm -hmm. (laughs) hundreds Uh clicker thing. She had one of those and she would like, you know, kind of like click and, you know, keep track of like what she was spending as we went through the aisles. And I felt like, like the, the attitude around money was that you didn't really talk about it. My mom was always stressed about it. There was never enough of it. Um, but no one ever really talked about it. Like no one had conversations mm-hmm. about it necessarily, except for when my mom was in trouble for spending too much of it. Right. And so it, it was just this whole thing that I didn't really, I just saw it as confusing. You get in trouble a lot. There's never enough of it. Um, like the guy controls it. He gives you a certain amount. You get in trouble for like not, you know, spending that exact amount or what. So there's all this kind of, but, but very murky in that there were no clear conversations had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that absolutely carried into adulthood for me of, um, especially like kind of repeating that same, you know, those kind of traditional gender roles of, you know, my husband worked and I stayed at home and it was supposed to be a budget, but it felt like an allowance. And I repeated that pattern of always feeling like I was kind of in trouble for not, you know, staying within those numbers. So that was my whole thing. That's so interesting. And like, just to hear your experience of like your mom getting an allowance and like kind of not talking about it in that sort of uh, mm-hmm. aspect. And then with me, um, my parents got divorced when I was four and I know my mom worked like before, like she pretty much worked the whole time, like, you know, that I was little And then when my parents got divorced, she was working and she was working nights and for like 14 years, I think she worked nights. Um, so she could like take me to and from school. And then like my dad, he owned his own business and for me, money, like 
they were both very, very poor in their own childhood. And so like my mom's mom was a widow, like when she was early forties, had four kids, had to work full time to take care of them. And so they were always broke. And then my mom had gotten into like a car accident when she was 17 and she ended up getting like a settlement, like from the car crash. And so she had enough money to like buy herself a car and like, she got herself her own trailer and like had some money, like kind of situated for herself to like be okay for a little bit. And then my parents got married and my dad was building his, um, auto body shop and their house. And she ended up selling her car so they could finish building the house. Cause she had like a Camaro, like a metallic gold Camaro that she ordered out of the magazine, like out of the catalog. And she was so happy about it. And so like, she sold her car to help finish building like the house and the shop and stuff. And then they got divorced and my mom like didn't ask for the house or anything and like only got like $250 a month in child support. And my dad was very much like, well, I only pay this. And then, you know, like would get real snarky, like throughout my childhood, like when he felt like my mom wouldn't be like using the child support just to buy me stuff. Like he didn't understand that, like she had utilities to pay and like keep us warm at night and like keep the heat on and things Mm -hmm. like that. And like, he would go and hold money over everybody's head. And he grew up very poor and dropped out of school when he was 16 and like, didn't have a lot of money. And so he basically had to work so hard for every dime that he had, that that was how he got his self of like sense of self-worth was Mm -hmm. through having money and how much money you could make. So he's always used money for relationships. Like if he gives you money, that means he loves you. If he buy you gifts, that means he loves you. If he takes it away or like hold things over your head, like that means that he doesn't. And so I had this very distorted view of like what money was and Mm -hmm. the importance of it and like identified all of my self-worth into it. And like for my mom, she never had money. Like we were always poor, but I never really realized that we were because she never made me feel like I was missing out on anything. Like she always worked her butt off to take care of us and like tried to make up for our lack of money in other ways and other experiences. And like made, like if we couldn't afford to go and order pizza, like we would make English muffin pizzas at home and like do different things. And like, we would make it into an experience where like, I never felt like I didn't have enough money. Like mm-hmm. she always made sure she took care of me. Um, and then like when I got older and then I had student loans and all of that, um, my dad was supposed to pay like half of my student loans and he stopped paying them. And like, that was why we stopped talking was over money because he couldn't like help, but have stipulations over like, you're in my good graces. If you do X, Y, and Z and jump through all these hoops to be worthy. Um, and when I finally put my foot down and was like, well, no, like, that's not how it's going to be. He stopped. Like, I was like, we can have like a regular relationship together, like a father daughter relationship. That's not based around money. And like, you're not taking responsibility. And when you can do that, you can get in touch with me. And it's been five years this Mm -hmm. month. So it's like that, like the whole thing around money and just like sense of self-worth has always been tied up in like shame and like not being good enough and not being able to take care of myself. And so it's, it's been hard. And then plus like, I hated math growing up as a kid too. Mm -hmm. So, and struggled with it. So I always felt like numbers and money, like it just always was correlated for me. So, yeah. So, yeah. So we started, we were talking about that before we started recording and that one of my big ADHD things is I've never been good at math. I've always like really struggled to like understand it to be able to I remember sitting in math class as a kid and literally feeling 
my brain just hit a wall where it would not go any further with math. <laughs> like I cannot comprehend how this goes together. And so long before I had to think about money or anything with money, it was, I was bad at math. And then as I got older, you know, money is a lot of math. And so that translated to, well, now I'm not good at money and adding up money and figuring out money. And, you know, but then money has all of this like emotional stuff and self-worth stuff and shame like tied into it that isn't necessarily just math. And so, you know, you make that leap from like being bad at math when you're 12 to like suddenly like I'm a shamey, like shitty adult because I'm horrible with money. <laughs> like you make that leap slowly, like over the years until, and, but so I think untangling the math thing and how much of that is just also uh, some of this is just learned skills too. Like I've gotten much better at math and money um, because those are all skills you can actually get better at. So. Right. It's interesting because like, I, I think for sure math and money, like for me is correlated, but mm-hmm. I've always preferred money math over other math. Mm-hmm. Like doing money math doesn't scare me as much as like regular number math. And I don't know why, but I'm sure that part of my shame around being terrible at math. And like, that was always the part of me in school where I was like in like the special help classes Uh for math and stuff. Like that was the one thing that I couldn't like do where, um, I, uh, sorry, my, my notification on my watch just turned on for my meds. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to snooze you for 10 minutes. So it'll go off in another 10 minutes. Do you want to, do you want to pause and take it? Are you good? No, I'll wait. I'll wait. Cause I want to finish my train of thought before I forget. (laughs) ADHD at the moment, people. Um, but, uh, anytime that like, I would actually have math explained to me, like, as an example with money, like where it was tangible and I could try to work through it, like made more sense in my head. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but it's interesting. Like, but I have, I have so much shame around money and it's tied to my sense of self-worth and independence and my value as a person. Mm-hmm. I was all, well, it's interesting because I wasn't bad at math, like just unilaterally, like across the board. Like I was actually, I was, I really struggled with like geometry or with algebra, but I was like pretty all right with geometry. I think because it's more visual, like if I could see, if I could see something in shape, see like that made more sense to me than algebra. And so, and money, you know, I guess there is some basic algebra involved, but it's basically, you know, addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, like, (laughs) which is pretty basic. Um, But man, yeah, if, if money was geometry, I'd I'd do much better, but yeah. And it's funny because I was better at algebra than I was at geometry, but I liked the visual element of like having tangible, Mm -hmm. like money. Can you identify what, like one of your big, I guess maybe limiting beliefs are surrounding money. Yep. Okay. Um, What's one of yours? Well, so my limiting belief is that I'll never be able to save and like be a good saver. And that every time I get money, like I want to spend it and Mm -hmm. I just impulsively spend it. And that is the one habit that like, as I've made more money and gotten more financially stable, and I've actually been in a place where like I can pay my bills and I have money left over. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, look at me, like being an adult and like actually doing okay financially and like taking care of myself and doing that long enough where I'm like, oh, hey, like there's all this stuff I want to buy, but I have no concept of being able to like save long-term for anything because it's like, if it's there, like, I, I don't know if it's like a deeper seated, like, I'm afraid that if I don't use it, it's going to be gone. Mm. Um, I don't know if there's like a deeper meaning attached to it that I'm not like consciously aware of, but it seems like I also use impulsive shopping as a way to get my dopamine hit. Sure. Yeah. For ADHD. And I didn't realize how much I would do that until recently. Um, 
especially since I stopped drinking because like that seems to be my replacement, like impulsive shopping or like trying to not emotionally eat. Like if I need a quick hit to like make me feel better, I'll like go on Amazon and buy something stupid. I don't need Mm -hmm. like, but it's like, I have a very hard time saving and actually like being able to keep things in the bank and save it and not just use it because the money is there. Have you, um, journaled at all through it? Like, have you tried like writing stuff about money? I'm just curious. No, I haven't. Okay. So here's, here's where I'm going to plug the book. It's this book. I've recommended to more people than any other like self-help book ever. Um, it's Jen Sincero who has, you're a badass book. She has one called you're a badass at making money. And I've listened to that on audible, probably like six or seven times, like all the way through, just, I go back and like re-listen, but she has like money writing prompts, like as she goes through it. And it is so crazy. Like the amount of shit that you can uncover, um, Mm -hmm. like journaling about the stuff you have behind money. So one of my big limiting beliefs I realized I had was that if I, number one, I don't have any marketable job skills. I don't know how to do anything that can really make me money. And if I made money, it's so confusing and I'm so bad at it that I would just mismanage it anyway. Like taxes are scary. That's confusing. Everything's really hard and just gets complicated. And so if you don't have any, you don't have to worry about that. And I can trace that back to, you know, in my marriage, like my husband kind of being like, quote unquote, you know, like in charge of money. And we had a budget, but I didn't really have a say in what the budget was. (laughs) So it felt more like these are the rules. This is what you have to like abide by. And I think the idea that was kind of there and unspoken that I totally perpetuated was that like, I'm bad at money. I don't know. And he was just in charge of it. And I, it was too confusing to me. So like, he just he just handled it. And so I had like, there was a payoff to me not being the grown up, like in our relationship, like him handling all the grown up stuff that was just too confusing for me. Um, and so I didn't have to necessarily take responsibility for any of it because I wasn't in charge of any of it. And so, but how that played out then was that, you know, he was in charge of it. He was the real adult. I was the one in the relationship that like just couldn't get her shit together and couldn't like stay within a budget or, and so every month we would get together and go over bills and I would just feel like I was in trouble because I had that limiting belief that I'm just bad at that without ever trying to really, like it felt so overwhelming to sit down and have to be in charge of it um, or figure out what was happening or like, I don't know. So, so there's a payoff to, if you, if you're not in charge of it, you're not really responsible for it. (laughs) Um, so, which is so interesting because then when he died and I had to be in charge of it, like suddenly there's no other adult there to be in charge. And my biggest fear of like, I'll just mismanage it. I sort of did for a while, but luckily like we had, you know, because he had been sick for so long and we knew, he was eventually going to die. Like he had been really good at, you know, setting everything up so that when he passed, like, this is, you know, this is how things are structured. We had like a financial advisor, you know, we had like everything kind of in place. And in the back of my mind, I was like, he put everything in place. You're going to somehow fuck it up anyway. And so when he passed away, like, and I was just faced with my biggest fear of like, you're now in charge. You're now the only adult you have to do this. I was like, oh shit, watch me somehow tank this anyway. And I think I low-key kind of like self-sabotaged and did for a hot minute Mm -hmm. rather than just sitting down and like figuring it out. And I feel like I've come like a long way with that now because it's been like four years. But I mean, had we not had a financial advisor who, this is hilarious because you know, ten, like I pay him to do the service for me. But when I would have phone calls with him, I'm like, for a while, I was like, oh no, he's in charge of money now. Like now I'm going to be in trouble if I have to call and ask for extra money or like call, try to call the. So I put someone else in this position of knowing more than me 
that I was not going to be in trouble or not even in trouble, but just like kind of embarrassed that it like, I went over again, I need a little, I need more of, you know, there was like another gatekeeper instead mm-hmm. of just like, Jesus Christ, like get your shit together <laughs> and be in charge of your, right. of your stuff, of your life. And so I really have come a long way with that, but I honestly, I attribute a ton of it to that freaking Jen Sincero book. It's, yeah. it was really incredible for and untying the emotional stuff. And you've mentioned that book to me like two or three times, I think now. So I think it's probably time that I finally get it. Um, I am reading a book or listening to it on Audible and it's um, Profit First by Mike McCallowitz. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because I'm at the chapter now where they're talking about like getting out of debt and like you without trying to like go into this big, huge rabbit hole about the book, like you take most of your money that you have is like a profit and you put that towards debt. And like, then you keep like a little tiny portion of it for yourself, like just to do whatever you want with. But so it's only the piece that you take as profit. So it's like a certain, you mark down like a certain percentage of like your income. And this is kind of based for entrepreneurs. So like whatever business income that you're getting as an entrepreneur, but you could use this in any kind of way, like whatever percentage that you allocate for profit is what you put into a separate account. And then every 90 days you give yourself half of that profit amount. Mm -hmm. So you're basically getting quarterly little bonus checks to keep you like satisfied. So you have stuff to use like for longer term things, or like, if you want to go and treat yourself and go on vacation or whatever, like that's kind of the goal. But if you have debt, you take most of what you would get as profit to use towards debt payment. Mm -hmm. And then you only keep like one little percent for yourself, but he was talking about the debt snowball. So then he was talking about Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman and like a lot of these other people who are like, don't actually pay off the stuff that's the highest interest because you want to start paying off the smallest amounts first because then you're getting in the habit of like having the satisfaction of paying something off. Right. So once you pay off the smaller amount and then you take whatever from that small amount and add that to your payment for the next one. So it pays it down faster. And when I've used that process, it's so much better. Like I feel so much better, like getting rid of a lot of the smaller little things. I'm like, Oh yeah, I can pay that off. Like no big deal. And then you've paid it off and you're like, Oh wow. Like I have, like, you feel like you have one less monkey off your back. So that's definitely been something that I like. And I liked that he just kind of reinforced that. Well, and that's um, a great healthy dopamine hit of like being able totally, to pay all stuff. Yeah, totally. And that's what, like when I'm in a really good spot, like where I can really think about like, okay, you want to get dopamine in a good way and not in a, oh, I want to go and spend $10 on Amazon doing nothing like for mm-hmm. no reason. Um, I'll go and put down like that money that I would pay for that and just put it in to like one of my other payments that I could do it instead. So if I'm like really itching to pay something, like I'll go and look for whatever bills that I have and I'll pay early. And so that kind of ties into what the other thing that we were talking about as far as like auto pay mm-hmm. and like systems that we have to kind of help us with our payments. And I know like, I think you like auto pay and mm-hmm. I have a lot of things set up on auto pay, but for me, I think because I'm so worried that I'm not going to have the money available, like when the auto pay comes out mm-hmm. that like, as soon as I get paid, I just want to pay everything ahead of time. So it's just done. And I, I don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. So I'll pay stuff early instead of waiting for it to be on auto pay. Um, but what I've noticed is like, if I'm really getting that itch to like spend, because I have a lot of money in my account, like I'll use like, Oh, I'm going to pay all these bills and like have all this stuff. And then that way it's already taken care of. And then I don't have to stress about like not having my bills paid for. Mm-hmm. So do you, so do you actually feel that like sense of completion and that dopamine hit from paying your bills? Like, do you get that? Yeah. From, yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, so one of the, the, the very first coach that I got, the kind of coach was a money coach. And, um, uh, you and I've talked before about YNAB. Mm-hmm. It's 
uh, YNAB, you need a budget is what it stands for. Um, but it's a budgeting app. And uh, my money coach was like big on that. And same thing where when I very first started with that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so complicated. Like I'm never going to get on top of this. This is like way too confusing. And it was definitely a learning curve. Um, but now that I, you know, am in it and it's set up and it's going, it's been huge for me to like really be able to like visualize and see my spending. But one of the biggest things it did for me was it changed my, in a very visual way, thinking from um, being behind on money, um, you know, to where I was like, okay, you need like, let's say for instance, like your bills are like 3,500 a month. And so if you know that in March, your bills are going to be $3,500, that means by the end of March, you had to have made $3,500. So like I have a bill coming up, you know, this weekend, it's, it's due Friday, it's like, you know, $200, like that means I have to make $200 by Friday. Like I had this feeling that I was like behind on money and YNAB and my coach finally got me to like switch my thinking to being ahead of your bills. Mm -hmm. And it took me a hot minute to get there. But like, if you have, you know, if you know that your bills are going to be like $3,500 in March, that means by March 1st, you have $3,500 and you are allotting in your mind where all of that money is going to go for the month mm -hmm. <laughs> rather than this is due. I have to make this much by this date, like being ahead of your money, like that mm -hmm. one small flip in my brain was yep. huge, but yep. I had to kind of visualize that with an app. Yep. And I had used YNAB for a little bit. Um, and that was, I think what helped me to switch from always being late with my bills and mm -hmm. feeling like I could never pay anything on time. And I would always stress like that. I wouldn't have enough money by the time my auto pay came where I was like, Oh no, Oh no. Like I'm not going to have enough money in my account by then. Whereas now, like I have more than enough and it's like, okay, like now I want to pay early because like, then I'm ahead of the game yep. and then whatever I have left over, like then I can spend it versus mm -hmm. like just having it sit there. Like, I don't like it just sitting there, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I mean, YNAB's whole thing is like you give every dollar a job. Yeah. So I like that perspective of like giving every dollar a job. And I think that's better, but that's why I think I get so antsy now to like pay my bills early right. is because like I've had that flip where I'm like, okay, like I got to pay all my stuff and like have it all done. <laughs> so a general rule of thumb that I think works, you know, again, it's not going to work for every single person with ADHD, but I think for bill paying for the stuff that you need to have money for, you need to make that money as easy as possible to get to. Right. And then for that, like impulsive shopping or stuff that's not necessarily a bill that leftover money that you need to put, uh, have that in a way that you have some steps to get to it, that it's a little bit harder to get to that money and spend. Right. So we want, mm -hmm. so that's why like auto pay for a lot of people with ADHD, like it's, it's done. There's steps in place that you don't even need to like necessarily like remember it, especially for bills that are the same amount every month. Right. Um, those are like really easy to, to put on auto pay because you, you know, they're predictable, but, um, so anything that you can like just automatically have going, um, and just remove any steps from that payment happening is like so good. And then I loved, you said you had someone, you know, um, had an account at a bank where like they physically had to go into the lobby of the bank to make a withdrawal. Holy shit. If you can have a savings account at a, at a place like mm -hmm. that, where you have to physically walk in and take out money at, you know, the desk at the lobby to have money to go spend, um, stuff like that, where you're kind of putting some roadblocks in place that make that impulsivity harder, mm -hmm. um, and not as accessible. That's, that's the kind of stuff our brains need. Totally, totally. And like, it's interesting because I definitely have like a lot of stuff is like pretty much everything's on auto pay, except my rent is like the only thing that I have to physically like do a check, but like, and then I don't have, um, 
like my utility bill on auto pay because I like to have it paid like as soon as I get the bill, like I just pay it mm-hmm. um, and then have not have it wait until like the day that it's going to get drafted. But like all of my other stuff pretty much is auto pay. And there's some stuff that like I can't pay it early, but like I can always pay my phone bill early. Mm-hmm. And so I always will. And like same thing, like with my internet, like I can always pay that early. And then mostly everything else is on auto pay. And then I even have like auto drafts where I have it set up. So every time I get a paycheck, I have a certain amount of money that gets automatically drafted to my savings account. But it's the matter of fact that I can see my savings account and then Mm -hmm. I just transfer it if I want to spend money. Yeah. It's too easy to transfer over. Yeah. 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 So it's like, I have the, I have like the automated systems in place, but like you said, like it's too easy for me to be able to get the money that's in my savings when I want it, if I want to spend money Mm -hmm. and I have savings, I just don't have nearly as much as what I could because I don't, I don't like to save. I like to spend. Have you, okay, here's a question. Maybe this is going to sound really weird because maybe no one else does this. I don't know, but I will go kind of window shopping online. Mm -hmm. Like one of my favorites is like H&M um, or like Amazon too, but Amazon has the one click. So it's like way too easy, but yeah. Um, although PayPal is almost just as easy anywhere else, but like H&M is one of my favorites. I will go, I will like fill up a cart. It's like I'm window shopping, Mm -hmm. but then I don't actually check out. I just fill up a cart and imagine like, Oh, like imagine the sweaters I'm going to have or whatever, but then I don't actually buy it. And it's almost just as good for me. Like I get a weird dopamine rush thinking about how, I could buy these clothes, but then I don't. Mm -hmm. Do you? I do that all the time. Okay. I do that all the time. And actually, I don't know where I saw this. I feel like it was one of the ADHD groups somewhere that I saw like a conversation about that specifically and like getting a dopamine hit from Mm -hmm. like window shopping or like imagining that you're going to do it. And I do that all the time. Um. But then I also will like, I think where my rabbit hole gets is because I get so distracted and this could possibly be because I don't have a high enough dose of meds where like, I'm still not able to focus enough throughout the day. So I get like real squirrely. And so like, I'll think about like, oh, I need to go get this. And then I'm like, oh, well, let me just go and look on Amazon. And then Mm -hmm. I get like sucked in the rabbit hole. And then I just go and buy like three or four things. And I don't really need, need any of them, but mm-hmm. I'll do it anyway. Um, so, but one thing that I actually just heard this morning in the book that I was reading the profit first book is, um, Mike, the author was telling a story of, he had went to go visit his, um, co-owner of this business that they own together. And, um, Mike had kept telling his friend like, oh, don't we have to go pick up the electrical stuff like at home Depot, like to have it for this or whatever. And he goes, oh yeah, you know, like we'll just wait one more day. And so the, and Mike's like, why the hell is he doing this? And then like the next day he's like, oh, don't we have to go do this? Then he's like, it, like his friend gets like this huge smile on his face and he kind of laughs at he was like, yeah, like we'll get it. And you know, then like they go on their way and it was like this for a week. And so finally Mike had asked him like when he was leaving to go to the airport, he's like, why did you never pick up that stuff? And he goes, Oh, it's a game. I play with myself. I try to say one more day and wait one more day and go Mm -hmm. as long as I possibly can before I buy something to try to challenge myself. And so that's how he kind of gets that like dopamine Mm -hmm. hit for himself of challenging, like, Oh, one more day, one more day. And I hadn't ever really thought about it that way. So I actually had told myself that was going to be like my challenge Mm -hmm. for like a lot of my just like random shopping stuff to be like, oh, let's wait one more day and then see if it's something that I really actually want and just like keep seeing how long I can go with that too. Well, you can train yourself to, I feel like there are also unhealthy versions of this, but the withholding Mm -hmm. and the the having self-control I can give you dopamine that can play really bad into like eating disorders, but there is a sense of dopamine that comes from withholding and being like, holy crap, I did it. Like having that Mm self-control can be very satisfying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And I, and I think that's why, um, 
the other reason why I've let myself get away with the spending thing for so long too. Like, and it's not like I do it like irresponsibly. Do we need an intervention? Leanne, are we okay? Are we good? You don't need an intervention. I'm okay. (laughs) But like, I think that's why I've given myself so much grace surrounding this because it's such a small potato problem because like, I'm okay. Like I'm in a good place. Like I can take care of things. If there's an emergency, like I'm not in a bad like situation at this point. Um, and I have enough where like, if something happened, like I could take care of it. Like, it's like, I don't have to stress, but I think because I don't drink and like, I really like shy away from like diets and any of that. Like I stopped restricting myself and going on any sort of diet. Like I don't track my calories. I don't do any of that Mm -hmm. because I needed to change my mindset from constantly feeling like I needed to have like a vice grip of control because I didn't have any self-control. And then I would just like binge eat and emotionally eat and drink and just go nuts. And so, and you're not spending. Yeah. You're not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I will spend money, but I don't spend money until I have my bills paid. And mm-hmm. I don't spend money if like I have an emergency or something's coming up. Like I make sure that I take care of that before I ever like spend. Mm-hmm. But like I could put myself in a much better situation if I was able to like rein in my spending a little bit, like just my shopping. But like I think that's probably why I've let myself get away with doing it for so long is because I don't want to have that restrictive mindset. So it's more like, okay, how do I have smaller steps to kind of keep myself from going like totally out of control, like Mm -hmm. just like rain in little bits at a time. So it doesn't seem so crazy because like I have a shopping budget and I always blow through my shopping budget but it's cause it's like, I've dipped, like I have a very high savings goal every month that like, I don't need to save that much, but like, that's always my goal. And I always dip into that savings goal. So it's more of like, okay, how do I just like flip that switch and actually make a better change? Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought about this. We can maybe put this in the show notes and I didn't research it, but it just popped into my mind. Um, have you and I talked about, did I, bring up acorn acorns that app yep. that you, uh, mm-hmm. so you can set it up so that it automatically uh like rounds up basically pocket change like your pocket change mm-hmm. spending um and invests it and so mm-hmm. i'm thinking like stuff like or even like add a dollar to each one or, or to each uh, transaction or whatever um and it's it buys like fractions of stock and, and that's money that you're never seeing because it's that rounding up change amount that mm-hmm. I'm wondering if something like that, where if that's automated, if that kind of savings is automated and you're not even seeing it to register like, ooh, that's extra money that I can mm-hmm. spend somewhere else. And it's like automatically being saved somewhere. Yeah. Well, and we had kind of talked about a little bit of this with another app too, with Truebill that I was mm-hmm. thinking of doing like the smart savings. Cause I know we both use Truebill and we love it. And I use that for my budgeting and stuff. And they have like a smart savings thing where like, I'm thinking I could just put it into another like bank. So I don't see it. Mm-hmm. I actually, um, my bank is USAA and I have like on top of like my schedule transactions for savings, they automatically pull out savings in small increments, depending on what your bank balance is. And so it could range from like a few cents to like 10, $15 mm-hmm. every, like so often throughout the week. And it can be like up to like four or five times a week that they'll actually just pull small amounts and just dump it in your savings. And so I have that set up and it's great. Cause I don't notice it. Like I, I really don't notice that it's gone and I love it. Um, but like I said, it's just the fact that my savings is just too, too accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like, I have Robin hood for stock stuff and I don't really use it. Like I had a small thing. Um, and it's for me, like, I guess I could have stuff for investing for acorns. I just, I want more of like just automated saving stuff. Like I have like in a place where it's more liquid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a matter of like having it in another bank account versus like somewhere where it's easily accessible for me to transfer mm-hmm. it, to That's transfer it over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because mentally you've made that leap to where it's not really a savings account. It's like my checking account B 
warrior, right. you know, where totally, it's like, totally. it's, so, it's too easy to move yep. over. Yeah. Yep. And like, literally like I save, like I have all the automated systems. Like I have like weekly transfers for my deposits. And then I have the automated stuff with USA where it just takes it out like in small increments and I don't even notice, but because it's so accessible, I can just pull it out whenever mm-hmm. I want. So it's mm-hmm. just, I don't have the self-control to let it sit there. It's yeah. truly the thing. Um, so I was going to ask you, did you, I know you said you had that, uh, Oh, I put like one. Yeah. So I, there was a thing I found on bill paying a system mm-hmm. for bill paying, um, that I think I'm going to try to implement and see how this goes. So, okay. um, and I found this on attitude mag, one of the biggest things I think for people with ADHD and for me, for sure. So I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I think the go-to behavior when we feel overwhelmed is to just turtle, right? Like we just mm-hmm. I turtle. Don't, don't look at things. It's like, if I don't look at it, then maybe it'll just go away. And it just, that never works. It never works with money. It just like, that's, it's one of those areas that just, com- the problem compounds the more you let it go on. Like the more you get those late fees tacked on and things go to collections and your credit score, like nothing ever resolves with money by ignoring it. And so I think one of the biggest things that we really have to look at is like our behaviors when we feel overwhelmed and just forcing ourselves to sit down and look like having an honest look at where things are. Um, and I'm not saying that it's never going to be bad or it's, you know, not going to be overwhelming once you get in there. But I think in our minds we have, because we feel like we're not good at money, we think it's going to be so overwhelming. That's what feels overwhelming is the sense that it's going to be overwhelming if we sit down and look at it, where sometimes if we sit down and look at it and then map out the steps, it really is totally doable. You know, whereas if we turtle, things just compound to get worse. So it's the sitting down and honestly looking at numbers, honestly figuring out what our budget is, how much money is coming in every month, how much money is going out, like mm-hmm. having that honest conversation with yourself and writing things down, like, holy crap, write down the math, make lists of your bills, writing things mm-hmm. down and getting them out of your brain is huge. Yeah. So that's the one thing I'm just going to put out there because turtling for me, I turtled with money forever, like for years, for decades. And when I really sat down and finally like started looking at things and getting things under control and figuring out, I really can run all of this and be okay. I can like, I'm just as fucking capable at doing this as a bunch of other things that I used to think I wasn't good at that I figured out. And so money is just one more of those things. But, um, okay. So the bill payment system I found. So again, I'm gonna, I'm a big proponent of auto pay, um, especially for your bills that are going to be the same amount every month, but for those bills that, you know, are kind of more intermittent or, you know, are different every month, um, you get two file folders. Um, and one is for, you're going to have two days of the month when you sit and pay your bills. So let's say like the 10th, the 10th and the 25th. And so one of those folders you mark, you write the 10th and the other, you label the the 25th as your mail comes in because Holy shit, ADHD people are pile people. I am one of the biggest pile people I know. I'm like the pile lady. There's just piles of papers all over my house. So when your mail comes in, open your bills, (laughs) don't let it sit in a pile because I have literally, I'm going to tell you now, like do as I say, not as I do, because in my kitchen, I have like four mail piles. I'm not even shitting you, but oh my gosh, open your mail when it comes, look at the due date and you're going to put that bill in one of those two file folders, right? The 10th or the 25th, depending on when the due date is. Now you only have to really think about bills on the 10th and the 25th. And so on those days you open up that file folder you to completion, right? Like write the check or like go online, like each bill, like pay each one of those on that day. And then in red Sharpie, like, right, like paid on it. Like, so it's completed in your mind, it's paid. But the completion thing is huge too, because sometimes I'm like, I'll write out a check and then be like, well, I'm out of stamps. And then I'm like, well, shit, I go to the post office once every four years. So that'll be great. 
but yeah, so having everything you need to pay your bills and then doing that to completion, yep. but you really only have to think about it two days a month. That's yep. not that overwhelming. Yep. That's the whole thing. So I, we think it's overwhelming. That it's going to be mm-hmm. overwhelming, but sometimes it's like, it's so doable. Right. So actually the profit first book, he talks about that exact thing. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I really, I don't know if he has ADHD, but I'm pretty sure he must because like, he has a lot of the same like mentality stuff that I have with money. Um, and so he actually uses the 10th and the 25th. Those are Mm -hmm. the two days that he says, like you always do it on the 10th and the 25th. It's the only time you have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it any other time. If you want to look at your bank account more than that, you can, you don't have Mm -hmm. to. I actually like, I've gotten in the habit of looking at my bank account and my true bill account almost every day, honestly, not to like necessarily look at my bills and stress about it. It actually gives me a sense of security because Mm -hmm. I think I've gotten to the point where like, I'm actually doing pretty well. And I see that like all my stuff has been paid. And so I'm like, Ooh, yay. Like it's Mm -hmm. already done. And so that's been really helpful for me. But, um, usually like the day that I get paid, is the day that I'll go in and I look at my true bill Mm -hmm. account and I look at whatever bills that are coming up. And if there's something that it's auto pay, like, I'm like, okay, like, I just know that it's coming up in a couple of days. So, and that's what I love about true bill is it gives you that little tracker on the top Mm -hmm. of the thing where it's like, okay, this bill due in like three days or this coming coming out in this day. And so I love that. But I think like, usually like if I look and I see something that's not on auto pay for whatever reason, I'm like, Ooh, can I pay it now? Like, I'll just pay it like on Mm -hmm. my payday. See, that sounds overwhelming to me only because I I mean, I get for you, like as soon as it comes in, you're looking at it, dealing with it. So it's done. But to me, that feels like I would constantly be spastically worrying about, like I'm constantly in a state of panic to pay a thing when right. it comes in. Does that make sense? See, it's all mental. For, like it's, it's all mental. For me, like if it comes in and it's not payday, I don't pay it. Like, mm-hmm. but if it's like on my payday and the bill has come in, like as soon as I get paid, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pay it. Mm-hmm. because So it's like the 10th and 25th. It's just, I'm doing it on my payday versus right, right. like the 10th and the 25th. Right. But I do look at my bills all the time, like on true bill, just so I kind of have a visual cue. Cause of that's what uh-huh. keeps me like in check to not like overspend because I'm like, okay, like I just need to be mindful that I have these auto bills that are coming up. So I can't go crazy. Cause I've got these certain things that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and it is, it's literally a visual reminder too. I love yeah. it. I, Cause I, it turns out I am very visual because I'm, you know, looking at the stuff. Okay. So another th- plug I want to put in for Truebill because you and I both do legitimately mm-hmm. use this. I use Truebill has the thing called True Protect where it will, it's like, it looks like you're paying a little bit high for like your internet. Mm-hmm. We can try to talk down and they auto talk down your bills and I've used that for everything's come up in almost every single one. They've been able to like negotiate my bill down and which is so good because that's one of those things where I can't see me growing the balls and the, the social okayness to like call up and try to negotiate my own bills down. Like I just, I, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to do that. I don't know what to say. I like, Hey, could I not pay this? This seems like a lot of money. I don't know. Like, I don't even know how to have that conversation, but true bill has talked down a ton of my bills. It's right. I've gotten a better rate on, I've gotten better car insurance rates. I, they talked down like my Comcast bill. They talked down my phone bill. They talked down my audible bill. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's great. Cause it just automatically tells me when there's like a better rate for stuff and then negotiates it down for me. So I've like totally saved money on bills that way with true bill. Totally. Totally. I okay, love now, that. I want to be sponsored by true bill. I wonder if they can. Right. <laughs> They're amazing. I really, really love them. Um, Because I really like that they've got, like, you can do, like, your recurring subscriptions and, you know, like, stuff like that. Um, And then I can just kind of see, like, how many subscriptions I have and if I want to actually get rid of some of them. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) So... It's crazy how many... I went through and, like, got rid of a bunch of subscriptions a while ago because I was like... How many of these am I even like, I'm not using this. I never. Yeah. But it's just that, especially if it's a small amount, like 
$5 a month, $6 a month. And, Uh but then you start adding those up and I'm like, dang, those subscription services, like, uh, get me, they get me. And it's funny because we both use Truebill, but we didn't know that we both used it. We just both found it and we're like, oh my gosh, this is the best. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Sweet. Final thoughts. Um, on money. (sighs) It's, it's, I don't know. It's interesting. Like as I've gotten older, I definitely feel, I feel like I've made a lot of progress. And just the fact that I've gotten myself to a place where like, I'm actively contributing to my 401k and like, I am actively saving and I do have plans and like goals, like for different things. And I can take care of all of my bills and still have enough left over where I can splurge on myself and kind of do what I want. Like I, I just like, I take a step back a lot to be like, wow, you've come Mm -hmm. really, really far. Um, and I'm doing a lot of the right things to like actively just protect myself and my future, which is really great. Cause I never expected to be there. And I'm like, okay, if I can just rein in a few other things, like I'll be even further along the path of, you know, like even more security, yeah. I'll be in a really good spot. So I'm proud of myself, but it's money scary. And like, it's hard for a lot of people to talk about. And then I think, especially if you have ADHD and you have shame and like feelings of not being good enough and things are overwhelming and money is such an easy thing to get overwhelmed about that we're just going to go and try to run and hide. Like you said, like we're going to turtle. And so I think it's just about like, okay, it doesn't have to be scary. Like we can just like face it and it doesn't have to be terrifying. It can Mm -hmm. be better, but it's, it's hard. It is huge to stop and, and take a look at how far we've come. This is true for anybody, man. Like stop and look at the progress you've already made uh, with anything. But yeah, same thing with, with me and money too. Like looking at how far I've come with it. And I think sometimes I, like, I just, I forget and I take for granted. And it's so easy to like kind of beat ourselves up about what we're still not doing or what we have to work on. And, you know, while totally forgetting about how far we've come with things so because yeah i've made huge strides too and we are smart enough to like figure shit out that's the whole thing too it's like i'm never going to be able to figure this out but like Mm -hmm. you absolutely can figure stuff out and there are so many tools now and money coaches and resources to like help you figure shit out so yep yep Yep. absolutely 